I love the stories of just uh, of what God has done in so many people's lives. And uh, there's still many stories to be written, amen? Still many stories to be written. And uh, I want to encourage you for, that, for the next few Sundays. We've got some fantastic preachers coming up. Um, Pastor Mike, he's in Australia this weekend. And so he'll be here for the next couple of Sundays. And uh, so he is just on fire. So <laughs> come along, bring some people. And uh, then we've got Kobe. Kobe, is she here? Kobe, I think you're at the end of, uh, end of July, aren't you? Fantastic. We've got a fantastic evangelist, great woman, and a fantastic husband, and got an amazing stories. So I really encourage you just, uh, you're on the 20, 20 something, the end of the 26. So come along, bring some friends, and just hear this fantastic woman of God. She is just going to light you up. <laughs> Amen? Amen. And uh, so I'm really excited about the future for. Uh, even right now in, in the middle of winter, we not long ago past the shortest day, uh, for a lot of people, they kind of shut down shop and get all quiet. And, uh, but for me, I'm thinking about expansion. I'm thinking about right now, I don't want to let the winter blues get around my heart, but I, want to, uh, I just want to grow and keep growing and keep expanding into the plans and purposes of God. Amen? I don't want to have a down season. I don't want to get overcome by the spirit of, of winter that some people get around them. Uh, so right now, I'm just really believing for an expansion in this place. I'm ex- believing for expansion into the new year. Uh, also looking at TV. Uh, for those of you that uh, may be aware, we launched Isaac TV uh, about four years ago, uh, Satellite TV. And so one of the things I'm believing for is to start getting our services live broadcast. So our audience will not just be the people that attend on the Sunday, but we'll start live broadcasting our services and get them on TV which will go to uh, about 65 different countries around the world. Yeah, I thought that was pretty good too. And uh, just to give you an idea of how powerful it is, one of my friends uh, went on TV, went on Isaac TV, just for two sessions. Uh, Next thing you know, he was in Dubai in an elevator. And he was in the elevator and a lady in a burqa uh, was just looking at him and said, I know you from somewhere. I said, ah, oh, I see you on Isaac TV. And so Isaac TV is going very, very well. It's expanded into America. And so uh, continually getting just thousands of responses and just bringing the, the gospel of Jesus Christ to thousands of people. So one of the things in my heart is to take the, the, great, the greatness that we have here and carry it to the nations through TV. That's pretty good, huh? So I've been believing that uh, people from here will eventually be sent out again and, and carry the gospel into, into many different countries. And that, to me, is exciting. Really exciting. <laughs> One of the things uh, I really want to encourage you, and I just want, kind of want to pick up after what I've been on the last couple of weeks, is, is the transformation process. And um, so God is in the transformation business. He's bringing us from slaves into uh, kings and priests. And there's a journey of expansion. We don't just, just expand just like that. Actually, there's a, there's a process that we walk on. There's a journey that each and, every one of us, uh, each and every one of us are walking on. And uh, one of the things we talked about the other week was uh, Mark chapter 2, about the, about the lame man that they, his four friends brought him to Jesus. Everyone remember that story? Yeah. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said, Son, your sons have forgiven you. And he, he was made well. And then it goes on, well, the crowd was amazed, and at the end of it, they said, we have never, ever seen anything like this before. 
And so one of the things we talked about last week was uh, there were three... If you look at that story, the whole, one, of the, one of the key points of that story was the house. If that house was not there, the story wouldn't have been the same. If the house was not there, the story wouldn't have been the same. And so one of the things that we're looking at is the idea of structure. On that day, there were three structures that I'm aware of that got really, um, they got displaced, that got, they got changed. So the first one we're looking at, we looked at was the building. It was a tangible structure. The building was displaced. I mean, if, if that there was not in the story, the story wouldn't be the same. The fact that the people had to break through a particular structure, it was the structure, it was the house that produced the faith that, produced, that Jesus was pleased with. And often we have structures in our lives that, that need breaking through in order, to us, in order for us to come into a new dimension of life. So this particular case was that there was one, the building, the tangible structure. There, another structure that was more intangible was the religious structure, how the man was made righteous. That there was a whole new uh, intervention. It was a whole new change of the whole religious structure that would just happened at that point there. The other thing that we, we look at was uh, the man's life. It's an intangible, but so profound, and it was ongoing. So if you can think of a person that had been crippled for most of their life, in other words, they had been powerless. He was powerless from the neck down. He was dependent on people all the time. He was dependent upon for his well-being, for his moving around. He was totally dependent on people. So if you can imagine that particular man that day he became healed. How would that then affect his life? And so one of the things that we find is our lives are, are an incredible, uh, intricate network of, of structures. And structures are sometimes there to defend. Sometimes they're, they're there to support and protect or to, to build. And so one of the things that we find is that our life is made up of all these different structures. So this guy had a major... Uh, adjustment or disruption that would have got, had an ongoing effect, bringing change into other parts of his life. One of the things you find is that in the process of bringing one era to a, of life to a close and initiating the next, it brings powerful forces of change. So for all of us, we find ourselves in a place where, where there's a, a significant change that happens either in our, life, in our life or around our life. The structures that... the, the the internal structures and the external structures can no longer support that, that change. So, for example, if you have uh, get married, <laughs> your life changes. I mean, people know you cannot live as a single man once your life changes to a married man. I mean, what would happen, really? You'd be single again. You know what I'm talking about, you know? If you try living that way, you'll find yourself that you'll come back to the place where you originally were. It's the same if you were, uh, once you have kids. How many people know that once you have kids, things in your life start to change? The day that that kid pops out, life is different. Life is different. For young people, if you find that the way when you finish school and you have to start and get a job, a sudden change in life can all of a sudden it affects every part of your life. It affects everything. For some people, you'll find that um, if you go through a divorce or uh, you come to the end of your work life, you decide to retire, you'll find that everything starts to change. The whole world, that your internals change, your externals change. There is something that shifts 
in your life. What once suited you can't suit any longer. So something has got to shift. So one of the things that we find is that our life is made up of both internal structures and external structures. So this particular guy, uh, his whole era of being crippled, all of a sudden just came to a close. Could he continue to live like a crippled man for the rest of his life? But unfortunately, that's where a lot of people stay. We find ourselves that we become... So this particular guy had an encounter with Jesus Christ. Amazing encounter was the story's been told many times. But if he continued to stay a cripple in his mind, he'll probably find himself in a world of hurt. <laughs> so the fact that his life, he came one day and he was crippled, he was powerless... Next day, his whole life has just been changed. You think about the implications that then his whole, his whole life would have to then start to make. For example, uh, you know, some of his mates, it could possibly be that these were the guys that helped him out financially. Right? Eventually, they'll th- they'll, they would have come to the conclusion that actually, you've got your legs back again. <laughs> you've got strength. Do you need our support? Or can you find a job? Can you find something to do now? His whole ability to, uh, his whole capacity in life has just increased into a new dimension. But yet, if his thinking, if his internal uh, belief system, if his, if his emotions doesn't change, he'll find himself still, he may have strength, but actually the life around him is still constrained. One of the things that you find is when people come to Christ, when we receive Christ in our heart, often we still remain a slave in our spirit. See, Christ is continually working in our lives. And one of the things when Christ comes into our life, you don't need to stay the same. The Bible says with Christ, he has... There's a continual work in our lives, changing us from glory to glory. If we remain the same, in other words, our capacity, if we remain the same in our thinking and our attitudes and our behaviors, that there will limit the potential in our life. So our life structure can either constrain potential or it can release potential. The way that you think about life, the the way that the internal structure of your life will either constrain the potential or release it. So for a lot of people, we look for transformational change. We look for God to, just to do a, a click of the finger, a snap on the hand, a quick magic prayer, and the whole life has changed. The reality is, actually, there's a whole lot more that needs to be, that we need to take responsibility for. So if you think about this particular man, after he had received his miracle... You think about the implications after this moment, the way that he saw and felt about himself. In other words, his self-concept would have had to change. The way that he saw and felt about himself. The way he saw the world around him, in other words, his worldview, would have then had it to change as well. For some people, they receive their strength, but their worldview still remains that of a crippled beggar. Friends, when you receive Jesus Christ, when you have received his spirit inside of your heart, he doesn't want to just stay there, just dormant. 
He wants to change the way that you view yourself, the way that you view the world around you. You are no longer a slave to sin, but you are more than a conqueror. It is no longer I, the Bible says, that lives, but Christ that lives in me. Unfortunately, so many people never fulfill their potential because they still remain, yeah, Christ lives in me, but I'm choosing to live my way. (laughs) And that's why you'll find a lot of people never, ever fulfill their potential in life. In other words, our self-concept, the way that we think about or evaluate ourselves, our self-concept is influenced by a sense of identity. Two things that have powerful effect on our our self-concept the opinions and judgments of others that others make around us, and our social comparisons. You'll find that subconsciously, all, we, all the time we are, we're evaluating what we sense and what we feel, both for ourselves and how we compare one to another. You think about, even pastors do this. They, one of the big questions that come up when you meet a new pastor is, how many people got in the church? It's just a way that people try and use to evaluate themselves in, in the social environment. You think about businesses. Businesses do the same. How many staff do you employ? Well, that question is more about, it, it's not finding out how many staff you employ. It's actually finding out about where you sit in the social structure or where you think you sit. The thing is, it's like when we, when we build our lives evaluating our self-concept around that, that way of the world, we'll find that that there will constrain potential himself. So for this particular man, he would have evaluated himself because of his lack of strength in a part of his life. And for many people, you evaluate yourself on the weaknesses in your life. However, the Bible says, in our weakness, we are made. He makes us strong in our weakness when we live a life that is yielded to him. So one of the things that shifts is about, uh, is our self-concept, the way that you see yourself, the way that you evaluate yourself. You'll find that so many people evaluate themselves against the wrong measures. (laughs) His self-concept, this particular man, he was no longer a beggar, but if he still saw himself as a beggar, if he still saw himself as weak and lame, that there in turn would affect the whole way that he lived his life. He would live his life as a lame man, yet he had strength. Some people today, Many Christians live the same, th- same thing. When you receive Jesus Christ, and it's the same spirit that rose Jesus Christ from the dead, he lives within me. So what then is constraining that Holy Spirit within me? It's me. There's no one else. If the Holy Spirit is alive within my spirit, which he is, the only thing, the only person that can constrain that is me. If we can get a hold of this truth alone, it can revolutionize our life. It can revolutionize your life. So as opposed to, for this particular guy, as opposed to living off the benevolence of others, the expectation would now shift for him to defend for himself. In other words, life structure is an underlying pattern of an individual's life at any point of time. You'll find that our structures, the way that we feel about things, the way that we think about things, shifting and changing all the time. In other words, there's a structure within us, which is our, our heart and our soul and our mind. The Bible says, guard your heart because out of it flows every issue of life. So there's a belief system that many people, all of us, 
have established in our heart. And that there alone affects everything else. So when the Holy Spirit comes into our heart, one of the things he wants to shift in our life is our belief systems. The way that you believe about yourself, the way that you believe about him, what you believe about him. I know you think you believe about him, but actually what you really truly believe about him. What you truly believe about yourself. Some people, they're made whole, but carry on living like they're a slave to sin. The Bible talks about, behold, the devil stands at the door waiting. And if you give him place in your heart to come in and bring you place back into their slavery of sin, he will try and do that. So one of the things is our heart, our soul, and our mind, and that is the foundation in which we structure every, every part of our life. There's the structures without, in other words, our habits and our routines. You know, you find that as a young man, as a man, when you get married, you cannot, there are some habits you can't continue on when you get married. If you do, you've got to hide them. <laughs> there are some things, there are some behaviors that you do, you can't carry them on. Why? Because your life has shifted. So your whole structure needs to shift in order to 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 carry the fullness of what you now have. You cannot live like a teenager when you're a married man, and you'll find for a lot of people, a lot of guys looking for breakthrough, looking for God to help them in their life, but actually in their heart they're carrying on like a kid. Paul talks about this. He said, when I became a man, I put off childish things. You'll find some of these things don't just fall off. You actually have to put them off. You actually have to purposefully make the effort to shift your thinking and to shift your heart and to shift your behaviors and to shift your habits. For me to enlarge into a next level, I know that the potential is in there within me. However, I've got to shift in my own heart how I see about things and how I feel about things in order to contain that. Otherwise, I don't think I'd be able to contain it. So whenever you have a major shift inside of your life, one of the things you find is it shifts everything. It puts everything inside of your life under pressure. And if you can shift internally, you'll find yourself, you come into a greater place of, of influence. One of the things I discovered was, within D school was this. Uh, some people, it was, it was a guy, incredible, um, incredible lecturer, he said this. He said, some people live their whole life believing that they're not creative because at some point they tried to draw a picture and somebody told them their picture looked rubbish. They formed a belief into their cognitive structure that they are not creative, thus constraining potential. You'll find that so many people, we build a belief into our hearts simply because somebody told us something. That's it. And I was astounded by that. Actually, yeah, I didn't think I was that creative because I was hopeless at drawing. And maybe you'll find that people have told you things that you're not good at and that it's, you've formed a belief structure, you've formed a, maybe even a subconscious belief inside of your heart. And that there itself is constraining potential inside of your heart. I wonder what beliefs that we've built around ourselves that constrain the potential that's in our lives. I wonder. Often, like uh, Paul said this, that we're not, you're not restricted or constrained by us, but you're constrained by your own affections as the desires. In other words, your emotional attachments, the things often that we get emotionally attached to, often they can constrain us. 
They can stop us from filling out our potential. Um, one of the things I was just really encouraged about with this was with Peter. For example, Peter had an expectation that Jesus was going to overthrow the Roman Empire. It had, been year, it had been prophesied for years that a great Messiah would come. And then Peter had this revelation that this was the Messiah that was going to set them all free. But however, his expectation was slightly different than the actual plan of God. And so Jesus had to, had to, had to walk him out a little bit. So Jesus had to break through this whole thought structure in order to realign his thinking to, to fulfill his potential. Because if he continued to think that way, it would constrain the plans that God had for him. We know now at the end of the story that, G, that Peter ended up being one of the most uh, amazing apostles of Jesus Christ. On this rock I'd build my church. He was the one that stood up in Jerusalem and, 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 and prophesied and saw the, the, the birth of the church as we know it today. We know that because we know the story. However, when you're in that place, actually your whole frame of thinking is different. And so for him, he thought, he had an expectation that Jesus was going to do something different. And I believe that our expectations of Jesus Christ can either constrain us or can release the potential. So this particular guy, Peter, had, Jesus had to get inside of his head and alter the way he thought about how Jesus was going to do things. In other words, you can see that when he says, get behind me, Satan, because you're not mindful of the things of God. You are mindful of the things of people, of the things of men. So many times you find we ourselves, we get constrained because our, our, our mind is get, it gets so caught up on, our, on the habits of which we, we, we continually think about. The things that dominate our mind about ourselves or our expectations about how we think God should do something or how we think God should show up how we think God should do something. So many of us already have our mindsets about how we think we should, that should happen. I know when I went to Pakistan with the family, I had up in my mind, already made up, what I thought that they needed. <laughs> However, when I went there, one of the things I discovered was what I thought that they needed, I had an expectation. I'd already made up and evaluated inside of my mind what I thought that they needed. When I get there, it was completely irrelevant. And I had to unlearn a whole bunch of things. I actually needed somebody to get inside of my thought structure and dismantle it. I actually had to get somebody into my heart to dismantle some of the beliefs and expectations that I had in my heart. Because if I'd carried on that way, I would have constrained potential. Peter responded when Jesus spoke into him and got into his life. You know the whole walking out into the water thing? Was that all about just doing a trick and walking on water? Or was there a greater purpose than that? One of the things that you'll find is sometimes we, get, we just don't see the greater purpose. The greater purpose was this, that I believe was this, that God, that Jesus Christ had a plan for Peter's life. He knew that this boy, one day, he was going to pick up the ship. This boy here, one day he was going to stand on the very place and he was going to be the rock that, built, that, that, that the Church of Christ was built. This guy here, when Jesus knew when he passed on and went up into the heaven, he knew that this was the man that he could depend on. But actually he had to bring him through a process. He had to bring him through a place, dismantle some thinking, dismantle some attitudes in his heart in order for him to fulfill the potential that he had. So the whole thing of walking on water, was it a good, just a good idea, a good trick? No, it was much more than that. 
It was actually about shaking something inside Peter's life. Shaking his mind th- mindsets about what he thought was possible. Previous to that, he would have thought that that's impossible. But yet Jesus had to get inside of his mind to say, no, 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 it's possible. There's Peter, there's going to be a day when actually I'm not going to be here. And you're going to feel like the ground around you is unsteady. And you need to know, you need to have it inside of your heart that you can trust me when the, when the time comes. Actually, the whole process, I believe, about walking on the water and the feeding and all of this, and the getting, it was preparing him for the day when he would walk in and become the, Peter the Apostle. Peter wasn't always Peter the Apostle. Peter was once Simon the fisherman. And that, my friend, is one of the amazing transformations that Jesus wants to walk all of us on. Bringing us from the place where he finds us and making something beautiful out of our lives. Friends, God has got all of us here on a journey. There is potential, there is unique potential inside of us. But often we find that Christ will bring us into situations. The whole point of the situation in the first place is just to dismantle what's in our mind, what's in our heart. Some of the attitudes, some of our behaviors, some of our habits, some of our mindsets about things. Sometimes the whole point of the situation that Jesus creates for us is to dismantle that so he can build something fresh inside of our life. There's been so many times, my friends, I found myself in a place where wondering, what is God trying to show to me? What is God trying to do to me? Doesn't he care if I'm drowning here? <laughs> no. He knows better. He knew that one day I'll be in a position where I need to know that I can depend upon Jesus Christ. I'll be in a position, I'll be in a place one day where the way that I thought about things, that my attitudes about things had to change because they could not contain the potential. They could not contain what Christ wanted to do. And one of the things that you about find about with Peter, one of the things you find about all of this, as Jesus loved them the whole way through the journey. Jesus loved them the whole way through the journey. He may have spoken a little bit pointy at some points. Get behind me, Satan. You know, sometimes we need a direct voice into our life. Sometimes we needed a direct adjustment on our life. The fact that Peter responded well to that meant that Jesus could continue the work inside of his life. So Jesus called Peter a rock long before Peter was stable and mature. Jesus was speaking into his self-concept. Jesus was speaking into how Peter thought himself. Peter was speaking into his, Jesus was speaking into his self-concept. You are stable. You are of a sound mind. You're creative. He may not have been creative at that point. You're a rock. You may not be stable at that point, but I can see that you are a rock. Friends, we've got to start to speak potential in people's lives. That's the nature of Jesus Christ. He loved them all the way through. Friends, you may be wherever you are at the moment. You may be somewhere, you'll be somewhere on your journey between receiving Christ and fulfilling your potential and, and walking into the fullness of God. One of the things I know about Jesus is this He leads us by what He sees, not by calling out our failures. You may think you're something. You may think you're no good. But I want to tell you today, when Jesus looks inside of your heart, he sees a woman of faith. 
He sees a man of faith. You may be struggling with uh, various weaknesses inside of your life, but he sees strength. For me, I thought I was dumb for so many years. I didn't think I was very smart. I didn't think I was intelligent. Why? Because I didn't do good at school. That's the bottom line. So I thought I was dumb. And you find that that there, that mentality that I had in my head, that belief that I had about myself, simply this, constrained the potential that was God had placed in my heart. And what it took was for people around me to say, David, you're not dumb. You're clever. You're clever. You know, you've got the Spirit of God, and you can do this. You can do this. You can, you know, when I made the decision to step out and have a go at the Masters, people were saying, uh, people didn't say, it's not going to happen because you didn't go, do good at school. No, they said, they said, you can do this. You can do it. You can pass this. When we stepped out to, into Pakistan, did I doubt? Absolutely. But people said, no, you can do this. You can do this. I wonder today what constraints that you think that you have in your life. For some people here, you may struggle with reading and writing. It may be a constraint that you find yourself in your life. I want to encourage you today. It doesn't mean you're done. You can learn. You can break through that. Jesus sees your potential. Wonder what thoughts, wonder what attitudes that you have in your heart today that constrain who you are in Christ. I wonder what constraints. One of the things I'm so grateful is this, that he made something beautiful out of our lives. Amen? Something beautiful, something good. All my confusion, he understood. All I had to offer him was brokenness and strife, but he made something beautiful out of my life. Did you like that? (laughs) This morning, I want to encourage you. Some place in your life, you might be like that, that lame man that was crippled and had to be helped around. But one day he met Jesus and he wasn't lame anymore. I want to encourage you, my friends, this morning. Allow people to speak into your heart. Allow people to help change your thinking about how you see yourself. I wonder what situations Christ has created for you. Not just because it's a, some sort of strange idea, but trying to bring you into a new level of potential. Starting to bring you into a new level of greatness. Friends, there is much more that God has got for you yet. Don't let the beliefs around your heart, don't let the beliefs that other people have told around you, don't let those things constrain potential. Some of you may be carrying pain inside of your heart. You might have built thought structures up. You might have built things up in your heart to protect yourself. What are you protecting yourself against right now? Are you protecting against the wrong things? Are you defending against the wrong things where God is trying to use people to speak into your life? Are you defending against them? Defending against God? One of the things I had to allow was to bring the defenses down in my heart. I had to allow it. It was an area of pain that I'd built up. The only way that I could protect that was to build a wall around my heart. There were things that I'd do. There were things I'd behave. There were all sorts of things that I'd construct up to protect the pain inside of my heart 
did I receive Christ? Yeah, I still had Christ in my heart. I even prophesied over people. I saw deliverance. I saw great and powerful things, yet still, I still had walls of defense that I built around my heart. They had to come down. And God used people to bring it down. God will bring people around you to help bring some of those walls down, to help bring some of those beliefs down. Why? So he can construct something new and something beautiful in your life. I wonder what Peter felt on that day when he stood up. It's Peter the Apostle, man of God. When he, it was his turn to reach out and grab that lame person, when he said, in Jesus' name, rise up and walk. I wonder if he reflected back to the days where he was Simon the fisherman. Thought, Jesus, I'm so grateful for the time that you brought me out of the water. I'm, I'm so grateful, Jesus, when you said to me, get behind me, Satan. I kind of see it now. <laughs> Allow people to speak into your life. Why don't you just close your eyes right now? Holy Spirit, I just thank you for every person in this room right now. I thank you for the wonderful gifts that you've placed inside of their lives. I thank you for your wonderful call upon our lives and to to great things, Lord, great things. Holy Spirit, we just open our hearts up to you afresh that you would come and that you would speak into our hearts, that you would show us where we've built walls of defense to try and protect ourselves. Holy Spirit, we just yield to you right now. We yield to your wonderful spirit. We yield to your your wonderful grace and your mercy that you would come and just touch our lives afresh in Jesus' name. Lord, help us. Give us the strength to yield, I pray. Give us the strength to have ears to hear. Give us the strength, Lord. Give us the courage, I pray, to allow people to speak in and shape our life. Lord, we give you thanks for your wonderful works. We give you thanks for the wonderful things that you've done in our lives in Jesus' name. Everyone said, Amen. I bless you today. I bless you. We're going to have a fantastic afternoon and we're off to, par- off to Wellington for a holiday for a couple of days. But don't forget to come next Sunday. Pastor Mike is going to be here and he is just going to be on fire. You don't want to miss it. You don't want to miss it. You don't want other people to miss it either. So, why don't you invite somebody next Sunday if you've seen somebody here that they're not here, they should be here? Why don't you bring them along on Sunday and say, Hey, we're going to have a great time in the house of the Lord. Amen. 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 Fantastic. God bless you.